Commencing Operation Experimentation. Attention, Organic Life Form listeners. The following podcast will begin shortly, but first, I would like to perform a test. If you are tuning into this episode, leave a like and comment below that states, All Hail Megatron. End test. Now, let us change the dial and tune into the show. Hello and welcome to the podcast where we are currently recapping the events of Transformers IDW 2005 Continuity. I'm Onyx Prime with my two co-hosts here. Hi, I'm Computron. Hi, I'm Kilobyte. Moving on with our comic discussion today takes us to IDW Transformers Windblade issues 1 through 4. And as always, spoiler warning, because why would you spoil it for yourself? Come on, just go read the comics. They're really good. They're really good. Just go, just don't spoil it. Just let me spoil it. Let me spoil it. All right, now that we've gotten past that part, let's move on and listen to the podcast. Both Computron and myself have read the series already, but this is Killbyte's first time, and we are excited to hear his thoughts about the series. But we all know the drill. The drill that is the drilly drill. Computron the drill. The drill Computron. It's my Do you line. mind telling us the facts about the comics? Yeah, and just to reiterate, you all know the drill. Yeah, the drilly drill. The drilly drill. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So uh, there, <laughs> there, geez, there is a total of four comics. The first issue was released April sixteenth, two thousand fourteen, and the fourth was released July twenty third, twenty fourteen. The writer was Margaret Scott, and the artist was Saren Stone. Okay, so trivia. In issue one, while we don't get to see a robot mode, Caminus in this story. Uh, Windblade's narration explains that her Kumadori face paint is based on a Caminus's own visage and is something worn by all city speakers to show their devotion to him. In issue two, Starscream is way more delicately creepy than normal in this issue. It's clear that Scott's time on the Prime cartoon and its particular treatment of uh, its Starscream is seeping through. Ooh. Dun, dun, dun. In issue three, Rattrap's been generally portrayed as far less of a nice guy in IDW continuity than his, uh, you know, Beast Wars uh, counterpart. But don't allow yourself to believe the sight of him torturing Windblade is that big of a departure. Rattrap revealed he was an advocate of torturing prisoners in the Beast Wars episode Chain of Command. Ooh. It comes uh, full circle. Full circle. Yeah. And last but not least, uh, by subscribing, leaving a like and comment below helps those podcasts grow. And we appreciate each and every one of you. We're thinking of doing shout outs for listeners where once a week we'll give a personal shout out to one of you lucky humans. That's well, exciting. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be fun. Mr. Kilobyte, do you mind giving us a short summary? Will do. While continuing her efforts to help Metroplex heal, Windblade's growing distrust of Starscream leads her into some explosive trouble. I'm excited. I'm excited. 
information was taken from the wiki. This information has been taken from the wiki. Fantastic. Shall we get started? Outstanding. We shall. (laughs) (laughs) I understood that reference. Me too. So we start six months after the events of Dark Cybertron, and we follow our main character, Windblade, in which the series is named after. And I want to say, the art in this series is absolutely beautiful. It is lovely. I love the vibrancy of all the colors. It is one of my favorite issues and comics we are reading so far. What are everyone's thoughts? Because I know there's one person of controversy, and we will go to Kilobyte first. (laughs) (laughs) I, I was... I was mesmerized by the colors. I like every panel. I just couldn't keep away. And like, I had to look at every single detail because it was so good. So vibrant. And like the expressions, you could feel the emotions behind the characters. I just love it. Well, I guess that's my turn. I love the colors. <laughs> that's not what you said to me. <laughs> I love the colors. However, I'm not a I'm not a fan of personifying the Autobots, because when I look at this, I think of like what they did to uh, Teen Titans, where the first Teen Titans was really great, and then they made them super cartoony. And that's just what I see when I read the comics. It's like, this just looks way more cartoony than I wanted it to be. Uh, I'm a big fan of like the, like the detailed, uh, like auto, like, you know, how the, the robots are supposed to look robotic, not like, you know, Starscream's massive chest and tiny little legs. But I don't know. I, I'm just not a fan of the super, super cartoony style. So listeners, if you disagree, please leave a comment <laughs> yes. below and a like <laughs> so it. that we know that Computron is wrong. And if you agree with Computron, also leave us a like and a comment below saying Computron is wrong. Go ahead. Yes. Remember, <laughs> Computron, Transformers started out as a cartoon. So crazy. Absolutely true. But like when you're so used to reading the first comic and you know, and then you, you jump into this, you just feel like you're watching the new newer Teen Titans, like the super super cartoon Teen Titans. It's definitely not written like that. Well, let's go and continue here. For most of this comic, we see a lot of conflict between Starscream and Windblade, like Kilobyte gave in his very brief description. And we see that during this first interaction in this series where Windblade is trying to help fix Metroplex and Starscream threatens to turn the people of Cybertron against her if she doesn't do it fast enough. What are your thoughts on that? He's a little tailpipe head, isn't he? Yeah, he he lets power go to his head very fast. And it's, I don't know, it's just annoying. Right. I, I found it incredibly intimidating because they draw Starscream in an intimidating way, like the dark reds and blacks and yellows. It's good. And it gets the point across that Starscream is a distrustworthy bot. You know what I mean? Yeah. His attitude has always been, you know, kind of gain for, for himself and everything. But now, like before in R.A.D., he was trying to, you know, gain the people's trust and he kind of has now, but now he's kind of like, okay, I gained their trust, and so now I'm going to revert back to my old self and try to, you know, eliminate any competition once more. And I'm like... Well, yeah, he's a king now. He's Lord Starscream. I quote. I don't see a hey, crown. Starscream the first? 
Yeah, <laughs> I think is what he says at one point. <laughs> yeah, we'll see where this will take Starscream. Yes, we'll we'll see. While trying to unravel the mysteries of Metroplex losing power, Windblade finds Ironhide. What are our thoughts about our latest iteration of this old new bot? I say old because, you know, his personality is kind of old. I say new because we found out he was kind of softly rebooted, as we can recall a few, quite a few volumes back now. But what are our thoughts on this new look for him, his new attitude in this series? I, I like it. I like his his body, which is like the, the War for Cybertron video game uh, body style. I do That's like where it's from. Yeah. That's where it's from. <laughs> I yes. couldn't figure it out. I was sitting there thinking this looks familiar. Yep. That's that's him. Uh, and I I do enjoy his sense of being lost and trying to find because he, he you know he's lost uh for I don't know if it's four million because I don't know exactly when his memory was saved, but he's lost a Pretty bunch much. of information from the war. So he's just trying to find himself, but then he gets told all of these bad things happen, and he's just trying to figure out like where he does he fit. And I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, Computron. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I just realized that's from the video game, and I just I couldn't tell. <laughs> scratching my head. Oh, <laughs> it's nice. I uh, it's I again, I, I like the way he looked in War for Cybertron. Um, Good games, by the way. Good yes. games, very good games. The There's no such thing as a third one. Yeah, I can't oh, wait till the third exist. one comes out. Yeah. Doesn't exist. Yep, yep, yep. We're all in agreement. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, so they can. He kind of just literally took the entire pie. So what he said. What he said. Your words are very <laughs> <My> inspiring. Pie. <laughs> very inspiring. <laughs> you know, I absolutely agree. So. <laughs> you just do thoughts about the bar scene any favorite faces scenes thoughts talks because when windblade asks ironhide about starscream ironhide says some actually really truthful statements saying if you want to know someone you can't ask their enemies ask their friends which is valid point all the way through so this is where windblade goes to the bar and meets quite a few bots i really like uh what the artist did with their designs uh i i, I just couldn't like i i looked over all the little details that the the artist put in there for every single bot and i'm like oh this is amazing because like uh like uh slug like all the spikes and everything he looks very different but first i was uh, like I saw the Triceratops head, but then I wasn't sure because the face looks a little bit different. But then I'm like, I, I like this new design. I, I really uh, enjoy it, and I like the the whole all the interactions between all the uh, all the different characters that are at the bar. I do have to say, I really enjoyed the summaries of all the different characters in there. Like for um, uh, uh, Skybite, it has like question marks for a summary. It's like just roll with it. <laughs> I think one of my favorite parts is Tinkor and Tall Tinkor. That was pretty great. Like, they don't yeah. talk too much in this one, but it's just like a little short description. You see Tall Tinkor, and it says Fat Tinkor, but don't say that to his face. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, an explosion goes off in front of the bar, injuring Windblade and killing a few others. She's knocked unconscious. Computron, do you mind telling us what she dreams of? 
Yeah. Um, so when she blew up, she kind of goes into like a coma and she starts dreaming about Caminus. Um, essentially, uh, specifically the story of Caminus leaving Cybertron. They kind of give you a really good backstory about how it wasn't just one planet that had Cybertron, but it was an entire. Uh, 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 why can I not Titan? do? Titan. Yes, it was like it, there was there was it was like an, a system, I guess. I guess that's what you guys said. That's even better. And um, in there, they're talking about how the Camions were. She dreamt about how when Thunderclass showed up and asked for some people to help heal uh, uh, a Titan. And then she dreams about like <laughs> the happy reunion of a long lost family, which was actually just like in a really big war. And essentially, just like a summary of everything led up to this moment of uh, Cybertron. But when yeah. she wakes up, she sees our favorite guy. Our favorite <laughs> screamer. While she's doing that, who do we think, specifically Killa, who do we think planted the bomb at this point? I kind of was following her thought and I thought it was going to, it was Rat Trap, like she said, because she said that she saw Rat Trap in the crowd uh, before the bomb, like, exploded and i went back into the panels and you can kind of see the silhouette of rat trap even though later on they do show like a little panel of him mm -hmm. uh but i'm like oh it's there so i i really like when they mentioned that the character was there and it was actually there but you couldn't quite notice it uh so i thought that was a cool little detail i love it when they right. do that yeah the small details in the background yeah I also like the the gray out scene, like once the bomb explodes and she's damaged. Uh, oh, yeah. I really like the fade of colors because it, it does evoke an emotion. Like there's cloud, there's uh, there's like smoke and, and everything covering your vision, and it just it was perfect for like the setting up the scene and what just happened. Absolutely. Yeah, um, I, I am gonna have to say this is why I also said I really like the colors. Um, in the flashback when they were showing the Camion scene and the Camion specifically, they had it all grayed out except for the paint on their faces. And yeah. I really, really, more. really like that kind of detail where, you know, I, I don't know uh, what movies I'll see it from or whatever, but like, will they have specific things colored while everything else is like grayed out? And I, I really like that. Yeah. What are our thoughts? on Waspinator in this comic. It appears he may have a lead for whatever is happening to Metroplex. Waspinator uh, not going to say anything on today's podcast today's. They're always listening. Always. It's okay, Waspinator. Do you need to step outside today? Yes. Okay. Uh, Kilo, do you mind talking about this part? I'm going to walk uh, Waspinator out of the bar real quick. Well, paranoid, are we? <laughs> a little. I, I really like the this part where they're doing like interviews, right? Because the the Icon News are trying to uh, investigate what happened, and so we get a little glimpse of uh, Waspiner saying that he was told to get away from an, a specific area and not to come back. And but the way he says it, it wasn't really too clear so like most of the uh, civilians would not really would have catched it unless you were actually looking for for those types of words 
But I like the the whole interaction of the interviews and all the characters commenting, saying it was Starscream. Uh, especially like blurs, like if you want something to drink, this is a bar. If not, just get out of here. <laughs> that was all fun. Yeah, it's interesting that Blur is willing to fend his bar a little bit better than <clears throat> Swerves. <laughs> There's no rules okay, okay. in Blur, so... I heard Swerve. Uh, <laughs> this seems like a good place to do a quick ad break. What do you think? And then you guys can catch me up while the ad is playing. How's that sound? Sounds good. Alright, cool. have fun, listeners. <laughs> hey, Computron, you look tired. You doing okay? No, just running low on fuel. I really wish there was a small drink that can give me the boost I need to finish the day. There is, and you're in luck. It's called K-Juice, a new exciting Energon drink that will give you the boost that you need to finish the day strong. Here, have one. Thanks, Onyx. (sighs) That hit the spot. Just what I needed. Purchasing K-Juice, you agree to the following terms and conditions. K-Juice Corp is not responsible for any possible crimson containing What's in the box? or any mischievous gaming plans that may arise Onyx. after consumption. Other side effects may include Onyx. not moving faster than the brain module, spontaneous outbursts, random black What in Primus's name did you give me? And welcome back. Alright. So, oh, talking about Waspader, what did he know back then? I think we're safe to talk about it since he's outside. Like, he, he knows about the mines tries to report it, and there's a fight right away. What are our thoughts on all of these things that occur as soon as all this happens? Like, any favorite scenes, things we want to point out, things we noticed? I want to say I love the oil-like colors. They're not oil colors. Wow, that's uh, an art medium. But I like the colors of the oil in this comic. Like, they're beautiful. Yeah, the the Energon inside of uh, Metroplex? Yes. Yeah. No, I, I like it. It's, it's kind of like um, it's, it kind of shifted colors, right? It just goes from purple to like a pinkish, and it kind of switches into like a darker bluish color, and it's it's a beautiful. But I also like what they do with uh, Windblade when she's uh, running around trying to avoid uh, the uh, Decepticons that are like in the mines. Her turbines on her wings have like a, a blue streak, and it just I don't know, it just makes it kind of like flow, it just feels like water, it just makes it beautiful. I love the colors. I can tell you that actually when I was reading this piece, I was thinking about, um, I think it was a specific scene like in the uh, in the uh, Autocracy trilogy, but like I'm kind of just going to reference all of Autocracy because now I can't remember it. But you remember how in Autocracy was like a watercolored uh, kind of based uh, art style? A little bit, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking, like, I really wish the autocracy just went with colors like this because I, I get it, they're a little animated, but it's very distinctive. I want to follow another trail of a thought that I was thinking of. What are our thoughts on Kaminoonians not having range weapons? Like, we noticed throughout this comic and series that she's constantly talking about how they were low on energy and how if you have a bullet and you have one shot left and you miss, then you've just wasted your entire weapon where they use more close proximity weapons such as melee formats, such as a blade or an axe for Chromia. And I want to know what your thoughts are in this effect when the battle occurs in the mines. I thought that was very interesting, uh, but I do like the, the, the differences, right, between uh, two different, even though they're all 
Cybertronians, they do have different uh, cultures and lifestyles. And uh, I do like kind of like it references some of the, the Earth culture that were some some of the tribes uh, didn't really like a ranged weaponry because it didn't they didn't find it honorable. Yeah, so yeah. I really I really I really enjoy that aspect of like just, you know, having a code, having a a guide and like a lifestyle that they've adopted. Um, Pichon? Yeah, um, I first when I was reading the um, the mining fight, I was thinking of kind of like the they their their fighting essentially was kind of like Spartan like, and that they were just like these total you know. I, I honestly think that Chromie probably could have taken Megatron in a fist fight if she went into them. <laughs> probably. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but yeah, it is I, the high ground. <laughs> like he to me like the only thing i'm sitting there thinking is like there's i really enjoy the references that they have and especially in this fight with the uh miners or in the mines it's just it, melee combat and comics to me are always fun to read yeah they're definitely they add more tension i think yeah absolutely yeah. this fight the background inside the mines is mostly red uh for some reason while i was reading it i was thinking it was uh, kind of like the the show back on Earth called Samurai Jack. Um, yeah, just kinda, it kind of reminded me of it and the colors and everything. And I'm like, this is this is awesome. Yeah, no, it's a good time. So the battle in the mines is quickly ended with Starscream arresting everyone. Well, not everyone. Everyone but the Decepticons. Well, not all the De- Tinker was still arrested. Poor Tinker. <laughs> what are your thoughts on this? Which Did one? this further? I think it was both tankors that were arrested. Did this further solidify your thoughts on Starscream being the bad guy killer? At this point, I still thought it was Starscream, uh, but I also had a little bit of uh, confusion with uh, Slug and Rat Trap because Rat Trap was like, "Do me a favor and make sure you keep that in mind for later." So I was like, maybe Rat Trap is just trying to uh, knock. Starscream out of being the the leader and try to take his position. Well, I think you might be onto something with Rat Trap. I think the interaction between Slug and Rat Trap is like, "Oh, you're here to help." And he's like, "About that. Keep that in mind for later." And then it arrests him anyway. It seems like one of those kind of scenarios that like some some movies play up for laughs. I think. I oh, I see. So, Computron Kilo, what are our thoughts? on learning about a city speaker merging with a titan. Uh, I I found it very interesting. I wasn't expecting it to happen. I was I, like I I thought they would just only be able to discern the the different beeps or, or I think they use lights, different lights in the in the titan's uh brain module. So I I was a little bit surprised but uh, interested to see if uh what would happen if she did connect with Metroplex. Yeah, um, I'm going to say the same thing when I was first reading it. I just legitimately thought that she was just an interpreter for for Titans, not necessarily somebody that could actually commune and, you know, jump into a Titan brain and not die kind of thing. Like, I, I, I was pr- surprised, but I was also like, how is she not dead? Like, I thought she was just an interpreter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm hoping we'll see more. And I'm banking we'll see more. <laughs> so, my last notes. Eventually, Windblade finds out the real bomber 
which is Chromia. What are our takes on that? Biggest plot twist of twistiness of twists. <laughs> what a twist. I was, I was surprised because at, at one point uh, when they were, were running back to uh, Metroplex's uh, memory cortex, I thought it was Ironhide because he was there alone and, you know, they they trust him so much that I'm like, I, I don't know what he found or if he's, you know, had another vision that he's trying to, you know, because they, they showed that the, the, the space bridge in Metroplex is activating. So I'm like, oh, I don't know what Ironhead is doing, but I, I hope it's not him. And then they showed it was Chromia. I'm like, oh, what? But I, I kind of understand why, because she kind of wants to go back home. She feels like they're they're not wanted here, even though Windblade wants to keep uh, like trying and kind of help the Titan. She's like, my first priority is you, and I think we should just leave them to be, because they, they don't want us, and there's no point in staying. Yeah, she might be onto something with that screamer. <laughs> I guess that was a full I just thought it was Starscream at first. And the whole thing resolves with Windblade actually working with Starscream in the end. Because they find out Metroplex has a portal that's trying to communicate with the lost colonies. Do you think they will be successful in finding them? Or do you think things will go horribly wrong? Horribly wrong. <laughs> so that's how plots work. Maybe you have so much fate. If more than meets the eye is anything to get inspiration from, I think it'll probably go sideways a lot of the time. But I'm I'm hoping they they do meet them because they did show us. I'm thinking one of them the, the like the first one is Velocitron. Uh, I think the second one is probably like Minicons, uh, and then the third one I wasn't quite sure, but they looked like Beast. So I thought yeah. they, they they would be Maximals and Predacons. I mean, I know what they are, but yeah. spoilers. <laughs> spoilers! So I- I'm excited. That's the last of my notes. Are there any other things we want to talk about, point out, appreciate? I can't say it enough. The art is just amazing. The character <laughs> designs. <laughs> Man, I just, so, I really, really like it. Leave a comment and a like if you disagree with Computron. Just, and yeah. let us know if you also enjoy the art. I mean, okay, let me, let me rephrase this. I enjoyed the colors. I just did not like the cartoony. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Rodstar rating. I am going to come out of the gate and say I enjoy the art. The story was great. It had lots of twists and turns. The twistiest of twists, as uh, one could say. What a twist. Um, I'm going to give it a five. Yeah, good stuff. Can't wait for more. Uh, I will also give it a five. I really enjoyed it. I had fun. Uh, the characters, the art, the design, like all the little details were amazing. The story, kind of like the little mystery was pretty cool to follow. And seeing all these characters like interact and getting uh, established, especially Chromia and Windblade was awesome. And I really, really like them. I really want to see more of, of them. Four, come at me. <laughs> <laughs> and listeners, you heard that. That was a challenge. <laughs> at me. Uh, I I don't I don't like the cartoony look. <laughs> the plot was really good. Trying to figure out who the who done it for the bomber was really good. I, I just don't like the cartoony look. <laughs> well, listeners, what did you think of these comics? How many rod stars would you give it? Let us know by leaving a comment below. All right. So we don't have any emails today, but if you want to get in contact with us, you can send us an email at swervesbarpodcast at gmail.com. That is swervesbarpodcast at gmail.com. And if you need help at all, 
It should be typed on the screen or in the details below. All right, are you ready for Transformers More Than Meets the Eye, Volume 7? I am ready. Yes. Trumpetron, <laughs> do you mind taking us yes. out? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode, consider sharing it with your friends and subscribing. We hope you are all staying safe out there. And thank you so much for listening. Till all are one. Till all are one. Till all are one. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Swerves Bar Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at Swerves Bar. If you are interested in more content, try checking out the spinoff D&D Transform and Rollout Rise of the World Killers. Let's tune in for a preview now. Actually, you know what? I, here's the thing. I crashed the Blue Jay on the planet, oh, and God. then I kind of hiked it. What? You? Yeah. You better be lying. You better. <laughs> I would be like lying. to hold. I would like to hold Spitfire back. Let me pour <laughs> you some. This is creepier than somebody just goes. Do you want to buy some drugs? <laughs> want to buy some just drugs? Serenading everyone. Exhilarating. There is also a YouTube channel with bonus content. Link will be provided below. End transmission.